Welcome to episode 81 of the Roger Snipe Show. The Roger Snipes Show. Yo, what a guahan people dem. Hope all is fabulous once again and all that jazz. <laughs> So, 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 so today I am, you could say having a conversation really, having a chat with my good friend, my good friend, Jag Chima, Jag Chima, Chin Chima, Chin Chima, actually, I think he actually used to drive a Bima, <laughs> yes, um, so yeah, having a good chat with Jag, um, so Jag is an entrepreneur, but I'll get to that part in a second. So Jag is an entrepreneur. I met him through a, a mutual friend of ours who I was having a conversation with, who um, I was explaining that I get inundated with offers from different companies that want to work with me and to sit down and negotiate all these agreements and go through contracts and that sort of thing it, it was just a complete nightmare so um i was told to speak to his manager which was called jack so i was like um okay put me in contact with him so at the time jack was in india we had exchanged numbers and um we uh had yeah been sending each other uh, WhatsApp messages um, to to set up the the date to sit down and have a little chat and get to know each other. So we met up for coffee and uh, the synergy was great. It was fantastic. So we sat down and um, it was kind of like talking about our interests and that sort of thing. And then uh, eventually we got working uh, with each other and it's been a fantastic uh, working relationship and friendship ever since, in all fairness. We've toured different parts of India together. I mean, I couldn't even remember everywhere we visited, but um, places like Bangalore, um, Hyderabad, Kolkata, ooh, Punjab, Jalanda, um, ooh, Delhi, probably more places, many, many, many more places. And it's been so amazing. We've visited so many places and experienced so many great things. Um, so memorable. Um, so Jag is not just a business partner, but he is a dear friend. And I felt it was only right to invite him on the podcast so people could know how great he is and all the things that he's involved in. Um yeah, so he's born in UK, England, UK, and he's a, an entrepreneur, investor, visionary, a health and fitness enthusiast, and philanthropist with business interests ranging from real estate, construction, finance, lifestyle, health and fitness. Uh, he's also the co-founder of Chris Gethin Gyms probably one of the biggest uh, franchises in India, if not the biggest. Um, yeah, he's kind of a big deal. <laughs> in 
It's a true pleasure to talk with my good friend. Let's bring on Jag Chima. Yes, Jag, how you doing, my friend? I am good, and thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Brother, it's, it's been, it's a long time coming. I think we tried to say it up once before, and I don't even know what happened. <laughs> it just You got too busy for me. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, you know what? That's pretty, uh, that's pretty honorable, you saying that to me, to be honest. Wow. Me busy for, for the Jack Chimmer. Sir Chimmer. Sir no, Jack no. Chimmer. You know? but, but, but seriously, I, I do understand how, you know, the world has changed, you know, since last year, since the start of this pandemic. There's a lot of people who um, turn around and said, look, you know, we've got so much time on our hands. But then the flip side of it was there was people who got even busier than they were pre-pandemic. And that is the kind of lifestyle that, you know, I can see that you definitely lived. I certainly did, too. And this is just a reflection of the type of people that we surround ourselves with, the doers. So, you know, the fact that we haven't been able to connect, although it's a bad thing, you know, we should be connecting more often, but there is a good side of it too. It's just showing that, you know, we're doing our thing, we're moving forward, we're growing. So, you know, I'm really, really pleased to see your growth, especially since the start of the pandemic, it's been very inspiring to say the oh, least. Oh, God bless you, man. God bless you, you know? And as you said, like, um, you know, what when you, when you are around people that give good energy, it kind of rubs off on yourself, you know? Um, Absolutely. And, you know, we've done some tours together in India and I'm, I've just been so amazed in just, just watching you. Like you really do set some great examples and there's so much people there that respect you and I see why you know it's not just because of your level of authority it's because of the amount of love which you give back to them as well and I really really respect that of you seriously thank you you know you over so the much. years you, you've been such a great person you offer so much to the world and um major congrats for your success my brother Seriously. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, you know, I just want to add to that, Roger. It's, I can't do this by myself. You know, this is a collective effort of people who have been around me, yourself included. We've not just toured India. We went to the States. We've been to Europe. You know, we've been to multiple different countries spanning across the world. Now, that's a big deal. Dubai. Um, so it's, it's not just India, but it's a collective effort. And there have been so many great people that have been part of this journey so far. Um, this industry has given me so much positivity and doing what I do is not just a passion. It became a business and it also became a way of giving back. And, you know, what better to give someone than a positive vibe that might change their life. Amen. So it's yeah. been an, an amazing journey so far. That's fantastic. So, you're, you're, you're such a, an amazing entrepreneur, but I think what would be interesting to know is where it all started. I mean, what we see right now is this, I don't know, this huge empire, so many things going on. You're flying here and there and there and there. And it's like, okay, okay, this, this is all incredible, but 
what is the beginning for you? Where did it all start, this whole entrepreneurship? It started with my parents. Um, and it, all the credit for my journey where it started goes to my parents. Um, you know, my parents uh, immigrated. They, they're the first generation in this country, in my family. And I have grown up watching my dad work extremely hard not just for his immediate family, me and my brother, but also for his brothers, his sisters, um, back in India too. And um, also my mum, she, she, she was a huge inspiration in my life, you know, and I still um, use her teachings today, even though she's not with us anymore. And, you know, I, I do pray that she looks down and she smiles and, you know, I try and do things that would make my parents proud. That's always been my number one priority, whether I'm they're physically with me or you know they're, they're watching me. That's always been the the thing that's in 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 the back of my my head whenever I make a decision. And that's helped me to make some good decisions. But watching um, how my parents started their journey helped me with a lot of inspiration and motivation. Um, and and the bottom line is, Roger, there'll be a lot of people listening to your podcast, and some of them may be people who are just about to start that entrepreneurial journey. It doesn't matter if they're young or they're a little bit more experienced in life, but when you are about to start a journey, it can be quite scary. Now, when you look back at the first generations who came to countries like the UK, they came here because they wanted to start a better life. They wanted you know, a better future. Those people never had an option the reason why most people today fail is because they've got too many options. When I hear people say, you know, the struggle is real, I look at them and say, you have no idea what struggle means. Your struggle is choosing between Nando's and, you know, Wagamama's. Your struggle is between choosing to drive X car to work or Y car to work. Those are not struggles. The struggles are when you have to go and do hard work for very, very long hours, you have to sacrifice sleep. You have to sacrifice your social time. You have to sacrifice a lot just to earn for others around you. And then you think of yourself after that. Yeah. And that is the real struggle. So when you go on to an entrepreneurial journey today, the first thing that you need to think about is what am I willing to sacrifice for the end result? And if you're not willing to sacrifice your sleep, you're not willing to go that extra mile, you're not willing to work those long hours and you know, give up on that socializing and you know, put that phone down, forget about what's gonna be on that TV and so forth, then maybe the entrepreneurial journey isn't for you. you know, maybe you're better off doing a nine to five job and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with a nine to five job, but entrepreneurial journeys involve a lot of sacrifice. And, you know, when people say, oh, you know, doing a lot of things, it's because of the sacrifices that people don't know about. Um, it, Instagram, Facebook, it's great, but we only put things on there. And I'm trying to change that. Um, we only put things on there that are, that look good. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> no one sees. I mean, you've been on the tours with me. You've seen that sometimes there's two or three hours sleep before oh, you have to catch a plane to the next next destination. And yeah, it's great. I'm very blessed that I have the opportunity to do that. But that end result involves a lot of preparation and a lot of work behind the scenes, 
with a lot of other people that also invest their time and efforts. And that's where, you know, the thought of beginning this journey came from was watching people who never had an option, but to be successful. Yeah. 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 Wow. It is, it, you know, it's so true. Like when you see people like, you know, your parents doing some serious grafting, you realize that the things that you do right now, you've, you probably got a lot more privileges. So that gives you a bit more backbone when things get a bit tough. Like you can look back at, okay, what did my parents go through or my dad or whatever? And you're like, yeah, I know, I know I got more in me, you know, I know even myself, we were speaking just before this podcast and I was telling you about my morning protocols and like waking up super early, getting up and doing like my, my, uh, my biohacks or my fitness rounds. It means nothing. It's so easy for me because growing up, that was standard, you know, um, whilst most of my friends was going to the shop and buying vegetables, my dad um, asked me to help him with, uh, not even asked me, he told me we need to grow our vegetables in the back garden. You know, we had a chicken coop as well. And we would, um, yeah, we'd gather the eggs and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So, you know, th that for me was standard. In fact, I want to do that now, but my garden's not big enough, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, you know, when your parents set certain standards for you, I, I think that really gives a nice, foundation what i wanted to know um was what age did you start working from, from what age was it 16 18 from when i was walking my dad made me work with him <laughs> right. <Child> labor. <laughs> but seriously um it, it wasn't it, that's not a simple question to answer for me and i'll tell right. you the reason why my dad was always worried that i would mix up with the wrong company and be a bad human. So he tried to keep me as close to him as possible. And one of the things that he was fortunate enough to be able to do after I was born was set his own business up. So when I was about six years old, we used to live not too far from my dad's builder's merchant. So before school, I used to be there. And it used to be fun initially. We used to have a little dog there. And, you know, the builder's merchant used to be a fun place to be for me. That's how I grew up. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it was normal for me. Probably not normal for other people. But as I grew up, um, you know, as I was growing up, it became part of my life. So being at the builder's merchant, helping out was a standard thing. It was standard part of my life. So I don't know when that transition from actually classing it as work and or actually classing it as just spending time with my dad. I don't know when that transition actually happened, but mm. I do remember I could barely look over the counter, um, <laughs> from the, you know, from when I used to be there, but I started my, um, my work from there, my work experience from the builders merchant. I set up my first business, um, when I was, uh, 18, just at the end of, almost 19. Um, my first business was a mobile phone store. And um, it was a, an amazing journey, amazing journey. Um, I sold my BMW to set up my mobile phone shop. My BMW was my most prized possession at that time. Yeah, I was immature. I, you know, having a BMW at the age of 18 was like, you know, you're doing it. Oh, standard. You know, yeah. My life is complete. 
you know, with all the bells and whistles. But, you know, I, I, I could have got help from my parents, I'm not going to lie, but I wanted to do it my way because I had to prove to myself and to my dad that, you know what, I can do this. Because for my dad, doing anything other than anything to do with construction or property was a big risk. And any parent doesn't want their children or my parents didn't want my, me to take risks where I might fail. Mm -hmm. But I convinced my parents because I had a good relationship with my dad. You know, my mom wanted me to study to be a lawyer or a doctor. My dad wanted me just to be successful and just be with him. And I said, no, I want to do my own thing. So the, the biggest problem that children have, most children who don't agree with their parents, is that they never have a good relationship. So when they want to do something which is outside of their parents' comfort zone, there's a big disagreement rather than a discussion and a, a, an agreement. So it's like, I want to do this. No, you can't. And then there's a big argument. And then they part ways and do whatever they want. But where I had a good communication path with my parents, my dad basically gave me the ultimatum that, okay, well, if your business fails, you're going to work in the builder's merchant for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was like that. Right. It was like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, let's let's see. And in my head, it's like, I have to succeed. Yeah. This mobile phone shop has not just has to succeed, it has to be the best. So started off on this mobile phone shop um journey. Um, six days a week I used to be in the shop and it became amazing. We had it, it was the best experience of my life. You know, it was the best phone shop in the area. People used to travel from far, far away. I don't know if you remember, but they used to be, it used to be called one-to-one. -one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. One-to-one, yeah. yeah. -one, <laughs> Cellnet, uh, Orange. Orange, you know? oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we were involved with all those phones. Like, you know, we used to sell the Nokia 5146 fascias that used to clip off and on. We used to have all, you know, different styles. And then on a Sunday, I used to wake up at 4 a.m., load up the vans and go and do Sunday markets. And we used to sell mobile phone accessories on Sunday markets, mm -hmm. stalls. You know, in the winter, it was freezing. You could barely feel your fingers and your toes. So that's my first business. And, you know, I, I love it. The memories from those days, they give me goosebumps. You know, amazing. Amazing. So that's your first kind of entrepreneurial venture. Yeah. Yeah. And what, yeah. how much hours would you say you was doing during that time? You don't count hours. It'd be interesting to know, though. I mean, it, like, because, you know, you've got some so people who want to be successful, but, um, you know, they're trying to cap their hours. So I'm trying to figure out, OK, if you if you want to be an entrepreneur, then what what how should you envision the amount of time which you put into your business? rather than that nine to five mindset. You yeah. I mean? You see, um, it's, a, it, it's like this, you get back what you put in. And at that age, um, you know, I had, I had less personal commitments. So I was able to put in 24 seven. And literally I would start very early hours of the morning and go home at like 8.30, nine o'clock sometimes. But my, although my shop used to close at six, but we used to be busy at six. So that used to be sometimes seven, seven thirty. There was no actual hours. And I used to have to fit personal commitments around my business. 
So it was not like fit my business around my personal life. Mm -hmm. And even today, you know, I've now, you know, I've got two children. My daughter is now 17. My son is 16. And, you know, I've had to, I've had to fit my business and my balance, my business and personal life. I've had to make a lot of sacrifices. Um, So your business might call you at 2 a.m. in the morning. There might be a, a, a leak in your business premises at 2 a.m. in the morning. Are you going to think, no, it's okay. I'll deal with it tomorrow. No, you have to be there. You might have uh, you know, a promotion that's going to go out. And the night before, you have to work all night to make sure everything is perfect. That means that you might not be able to spend time with your family. You might not be able to go out with your friends or go to the movies and that's what that's what it's about. So if you want to be successful, you have to be willing to give up everything that gives you comfort. So you are always in a zone which is uncomfortable, but that's how you grow. But what actually happens is during that process, you learn how to optimize your skills. So mm. today, creating a promotion might be real hard work, and it's taken you a week to get it right. But now that you've learned how to get it right, next time it will only take you three days. But now to grow, you can do two at the same time. So you're not going to get comfortable because you're better at it. You're going to be able to do more because you're better at it. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. But, you know, it really comes down to what are you, what, what is your goal? My goals are worldwide. So that means that I'm always going to be in a zone which is uncomfortable. Um, I, I know that by the end of each year, I have a certain number of goals that I have to reach. So I have to allocate my time in accordance to those goals, which means that, you know, you're probably not going to be much of a sociable person. <laughs> so our answer to your question is, you know, how many hours, as many hours as it takes for you to reach those goals. It's really as simple as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, for, for the su- success that you've had, would you say that education has played a, uh, a, a big role? What, what, what sort of education do you have which um, has direct connection to your business or is it mainly work experience? That's a really good question. No one's actually asked me that question in that context before. Okay. Um, <laughs> Probably none of my education, uh, exper- educational experiences have played a direct role in some of, most of the successes up until now. Most of my experiences that I've had firsthand have been the most valuable. People skills, communication skills, understanding, listening. Um, but the biggest, um, biggest educational experiences that have helped me is failure. Right. Every single failure has been the biggest lesson, biggest teacher, and most useful in becoming successful. And although you might read lots and lots of these quotes about, you know, failure is not final and failure is the best teacher, it's true. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a fact. If you've never failed, you've never learned anything new. And the, the key here is, is to have an open mindset Um, If you think positively and every time you fail, instead of thinking, damn, I failed and, you know, this is the end and I'm never going to be able to make it think, okay, I've failed 
what did I learn from this? Because when I try again, I'm going to make sure that I do it better. Yeah. And, and that's, that's basically what I would say um, has played the biggest role in, you know, the pro progress so far. So self-education is what I call it. Right. Self-education. Okay. So on the subject of failure, what would you say is the biggest failure that you had and what, what, what was the biggest learning curve you got from it or the, the, what is the biggest, um, yeah. What, 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 what did you learn from your biggest failure that you've got? My biggest failure was worrying about what other people might think. Right. That was my biggest failure because that used to control a lot of my decisions and that used to hold me back from doing a lot of things that I wanted to do in the Indian community, especially in the, what? you know, in the Indian community, in, mm -hmm. you know, um, in my ethnic community, um, it's a culture worrying about what other people might think. Don't do that. People will think bad. You know, it's shame on the family or you don't want to risk failure because it's going to bring shame and all that kind of stuff. Forget what they think. That's the thing that holds you back. And, you know, sometimes doing things where you're worried that, okay, I might not be an expert in this field. What will the experts think of me? You know, because these, these thoughts are inherited sometimes you know what other people might think so you automatically go out into the open world and you start thinking like that okay you know being from the indian culture generally people are worried about what other people might think within the community now i'm in my professional field i'm worried about what other people might think in this professional field mm -hmm. i'm not a personal trainer i've never been qualified as one but i'm a co-founder of one of the fastest growing gym chains in india and soon to be in the world. So if I was worried about what other people might think, I'd be worried about what other personal trainers might think. Well, what qualifies you to co-found a gym chain? Well, actually, you know, my passion does and I'm going to do it. So you know, we've got some of the best personal trainers in the world that work with us. Some of the best educators in the world, yourself included, that have educated on these platforms do I worry about what other people think anymore? No, I don't. So that used to be my biggest holdback. And when I realized that it doesn't matter what other people think, that was the biggest acceleration in growth. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. Amen. I mean, that. I think that holds a lot of people back in so many things, to be honest with you. It doesn't even have to be business. Just going out and doing something. The most basic stuff. People question, what will others think? And it's crazy, even down to, I don't know, the clothes they're gonna wear. And you know what's so interesting? I realized there's been a few times, even when I'm going to the shop and I've been sitting in the house all day. I might've had exercise in the morning, but I've been sitting in the house all day in all random clothes. And then I'm like, damn, I need to go shopping. And I remember one time I took a thought to myself, wow, I'm wearing random clothes right now. And then I thought, F it, I don't care, I don't care. I'm gonna go out, people are gonna look at me and be like, you can't wear those odd colors. And I'll be thinking, yes, I can, <laughs> you know? And feel yes, so comfortable with it. I mean, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. It's about confidence in your, in your thoughts and beliefs. 
you know, whether it is your personal life or whether it is your professional life, you know, if you are comfortable with it, if you are confident with it, it's only then that other people will believe in you. Mm. If you walked out and you thought to myself, I don't look good. And you, you were conscious of it and you were very unconfident. You're giving those signals out to people. They'll read those signals and give them straight back to you. <laughs> if yeah. you went out and say, you know what? This is the new trend. This is how I roll. People say, well, that actually doesn't look bad. I might try the same, you know, <laughs> whatever it might be. But, you know, this is a big deal. And, you know, one of the messages here is definitely for children, um, you know, children who are about to go to university, about to start their educational journey, you know, about to take their education to the next level. You know, when you go out there, don't worry about what other people think. Be confident in yourself. Don't change yourself. You know, if people can't accept you for who you are and don't believe in your thoughts, that's their limitations and their thoughts. Don't let them become yours. Mm. Um, I say that because, you know, I'm a father of a 17-year-old girl who is about to start that journey. And, you know, I have discussions with her and I always try and, um, try and make sure that she's confident in her thoughts and beliefs and she's not dependent on others that gratification so that, yeah, if others accept me, then that's okay. Otherwise I have to change myself. It shouldn't be like that. Yeah, you're absolutely true. And there's a lot, I think there's a lot of conditioning during the, the upbringing of kids. As, as kids get older, even, even TV programs, you have to be very mindful of those things. Music uh, that, that kids listen to these days, you know, like where they're singing about, oh, I can't, I can't live without you and all that sort of stuff in those songs. I'm, I'm, I'm mindful of that. I'm like, you know what? This is going off. I'm not listening to it. So much music is quite, yeah, destructive and TV programs. I'm aware of it all, you know? And when it comes to your children, man, sometimes it can feel a bit, I don't know whether it's overprotective, but you're, you're mindful of it. And sometimes like, okay, okay, let me just take my foot off the off the off the pedal a bit you know <laughs> yeah i mean look there, there's there's principles of course you know we every parent wants the best for their child you know um and as long as you know there is a guidance um when children make decisions it shouldn't be an argument it should be a discussion if you disagree um, and that's the best way to have a constructive relationship with children these days because you know, with the way that the world is moving, it's moving really fast. And yes, you know, music influences uh, a lot of the youth. TV programs, what you see on the news, social media, plays a big role in how the, the, the next generation is influenced. But I suppose, you know, if you, it, it depends on your approach, how you approach everything. And if you have an open mind, willing to listen, listening is always key, you know, listen, digest, think then speak you know i think that that methodology usually works quite well yeah okay okay <laughs> how has business been during the pandemic so i know when we had the first lockdown lots of places shut down and that would have include included a lot of the gyms which you have in india i don't know how things were in terms of property but yeah um, I know you was pretty busy during that time. 
organizing stuff. So how was it for you? So just for those who don't know what I do, mm. I'll give you a very short, brief introduction and then I'll tell you how it all panned out. So I'm involved with, uh, we have a company that is involved with digital marketing. Um, we have our gyms, the gym chain. We have a company called Physique Global, which is an umbrella for lots of different verticals within the health and wellness industry. Then we have the Builders Merchant and our construction business. And then we have the real estate business, which is the estate agency property management company. So every business was affected, some in a very positive way and others was not so positive. But one thing that we learned very quickly is that you know we need to start innovating in areas which might have been a lower priority initially. So let's talk about the gyms first. The gyms were affected in a very negative way um, initially because they were closed. There was a national lockdown across India. All the gyms were closed. And unfortunately, a lot of the governments around the world class fitness as a low priority business, a non-essential business. Wow. Can you okay. Uh, it, it's crazy how you would think that. But, you know, if I was the prime minister, I would class gyms as a number one priority as a essential business. Um, I would have put, you know, made some of the rules and regulations compulsory of how these businesses should um, abide by um, hygiene uh, protocols so that people would feel comfortable going there. Because, you know, the amount of cases of depression that have skyrocketed since the pandemic far surpasses the number of COVID cases. That I can guarantee you. There's far more people suffering from depression than the number of people recorded as having COVID. So, you know, there's going to be repercussions and we are already seeing those, um, you know, especially when you talk about even children all the way to people in old age homes. But coming back to the business, it was very hard for us. And the hardest part was a lot of people in India, you know, well, everyone in India, they don't get grants from government if, if we're during a lockdown. So like here, you have furloughs and things like that. It's nothing like that over there. If you don't have work, you don't have money simple so we had to sustain our staff and we had put in various different schemes where we were still contributing towards salaries sometimes in full for the first few months and then we had a, a stepped um a, a salary system where people were getting paid um and then we started to kind of educate our members through digital platforms social media on how they can still remain fit at home um, during that period of time, our other businesses under the Physique Global banner, where we take care of um, a lot of educators and talent within the fitness industry, we were helping them create more content so that their online sales for, let's say, online coaching or any products and services that they would sell that helps people to have a stronger immunity, remain sane, that would operate better and more optimized. So that business went up. We were helping people to create more content. So a lot of our talent were doing more um, uh, endorsement deals for brands where you know there's more brands that were selling products and services online. So that was great. Construction industry didn't stop at all. 
Um, it was it was still operating. Um, property management, you know, still operating. Um, we optimized that. New house sales went down because people wasn't comfortable. So we had to very quickly bring in virtual tools for how to sell property, you know, showing people a property online and that type of thing. So the business was affected, but we had to innovate very quickly. We never did virtual tours on properties before. Mm. Um, so, you know, that, that was great. But the, the biggest plus point was our digital marketing um, company. That, you know, we, we saw a substantial growth and we worked with some of the biggest brands in the world Philips, um, there's a company called Oyo in India, which is a little bit like Airbnb, but it's more for hotels, um, working with skincare brands, supplement brands, and a lot of lifestyle companies, fashion. So, you know, it, we've saw a substantial growth, which now meant that, you know, we had to upgrade our offices. Um, so wow. this in general um, has been good. We're very, very thankful for that. That's amazing. Would you say that uh, with what has happened during a pandemic and the new things that you've needed to implement, do you think there might be certain things you might use, uh, use as a um, as part of your service ongoing? Like, for instance, right now, a lot of people are working from home. Um, and I think many companies understand that this can work. You know, it's like, you know what, you can spend most days working at home, it will save all the travel and certain days a week, you're going to come to the office. Is are there certain things which you reckon will stay in the business, um, which you've had to structure around because of the pandemic, which you feel would continue to work ongoing? In the UK, yes, um, mm -hmm. like our property management business, um, our team works from home. And, you know, I think that that works um, because there is not really a requirement for them to be physically at, at the base um, to do that. So I think we will probably incorporate a 50-50 strategy moving forward with that. Mm. But um, I, I'm not a huge fan of work from home, if I'm very honest with you. And I don't think it's a good thing for people's mental health either. I think um, productivity when you're in a work environment is a lot higher. There'll be a lot of people who disagree with me that, you know, you can create that um, environment at home and you probably can, but physically having to wake up and get to a place of work, that process is something that should be part of your life. You know, it should be part of your journey, get to a place of work and share energy with other people. You know, I don't think that uh, that's something that I'm going to uh, incorporate in our companies at all. Um, I, I want to make our workplaces a happy place for people yeah. to be at. And um, I like face-to-face. -face. I'm a bit yeah. old fashioned when it comes to things like that, but um, <laughs> definitely won't be changing that. But from this whole experience, we have created new business verticals moving forward. Physique Global, we have our digital magazine, which was an idea we had years ago, but because of the pandemic, it, kind of we expedited it and we are now i think on the sixth or seventh edition um and we've had and, and you're, you're you're next by the way we yeah. need you right yeah. you should be standard by the way i know um, i know, I know. <laughs> we've had some amazing people contribute from around the world and i'm so excited about this vertical because it's helped me to connect with more people and 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 bring people together 
So we've had people like, um, you know, Chris Gethin, obviously, you know, Chris mm -hmm. uh, very well. Uh, we've had um, the Maharaja, the WWE superstar. We've had him, uh, Chris Cavallini. We've had Bollywood superstars. We've had biohackers. We've had so many people um, be part of that journey so far. So that's going great. We're just about to set up um, health, uh, health, um, health enhancement, enhancement centers here in the UK, biohacking right. centers as uh, you may, as people know them as. So the first one is going to be in Upminster, Essex. Um, really excited. And this would not have happened if it wasn't for the pandemic. It was going to happen, but it wouldn't have happened so quickly. Yeah. So, um, you know, definitely a few changes um, since the pandemic and a new way of working. But I wouldn't say that um, it's just, um, uh, you know, the new way of working is just working from home. A new way of working in the sense that we've got new verticals to work on. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, makes total sense. Yeah, it seems like it's all balanced out the way it's needed to be really and sometimes that's what we need you know i've spoken to many people that had been toying with the idea of um pushing their business online but they're like oh, i don't really know i don't really know and and now it's got to the point they're forced to you know so um yeah i think i think we all needed a bit of that really um some of us it was more easier to adapt to than others but i think um Depending on your mindset, we can all definitely grow from that. So let's talk about um, the Chris Gethin Gyms franchise. Um, wow. That's all I've got to say. Wow. <laughs> you seem to have a new gym opening every month. <laughs> so how did this start? How, how, you know, the, the whole idea of Chris Gethin Gyms, how did it start um, to where it has now grown into how many gyms do you have 10 10 <laughs> to 10 gyms um yeah where did it start what was the vision before it started and where is it today um chris getting gyms was supposed to start in the uk um long story short me and chris became friends um around 2009 2010 um, I knew of Chris in 2008 because I had a motorbike crash and I needed to get out of a very bad place. And I came across Chris's book, his plan, and I used that plan to recover from this motorbike crash. Mm. And then I kind of became a fan. Well, I, came, I became a fan. And anyway, we became friends after meeting at a few expos around the world. And I took Chris over to India for educational events. And then um, I introduced Chris to um, Ritik Roshan, who's a very um, well-known Bollywood um, actor. So Chris transformed him. During the course of that time of Chris transforming Ritik Roshan for one of his movies, uh, we were discussing setting up gyms here in the UK. And that news was leaked into the press in India. When that news was leaked into the press, my inbox was inundated with inquiries for Chris Gethin gyms. And people were saying like, we want to take a franchise of this gym and so forth. And I'm like, wow, like, this is amazing. And I'm like, looking at this site, um, the first site was going to be at the Excel here in um, East London next to Canary Wolf. 
And I'm like, wow, we're just about to sign the lease, but like we're getting all these inquiries for the gyms in India, like balancing it out. I'm like, okay, well, we could possibly do a lot more in India a lot quicker because of our reach. And of course, you know, training, uh, the, the transformation that Chris done for Riddick was phenomenal. It's probably the best transformation that any celebrity in that industry has had up until now. So um, we, we decided to pull the trigger and started in India. And, it, and it, the response was phenomenal. In India, there's a lot of great gyms, but their structures were very different. They didn't really have um, the operational procedure uh, uh, policies like we would want. Like, you know, as a gym goer ourselves, gym users, there's a lot of flaws that we noticed in a lot of gyms. And I respect every gym out there, by the way. Um, I don't class any other gym as competition. I feel that every gym has their own flavor. You know, um, there are gyms that are 24-hour gyms and they're smaller gyms. There are gyms that are very low-budget gyms. And then there's gyms that are super luxury, very, very expensive. So it's not a competition. People will come to you because of what they see. If they like the service, they like what they see, that's your customer. <laughs> it's not a case of going to another gym and they're going to go there because it's cheaper. If it's cheaper, that wasn't your customer. Yeah. So that's why they've chosen that gym. So that's how we started. And it, it became, uh, it became very well respected by the right people, by our target audience. And it's, it's growing. And I'm very, very thankful to everyone who's been part of our journey. Uh, and you've been to several, in fact, I think you've been to almost all of our gyms now, apart from the last two, which opened recently. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll make a change to that. <laughs> yeah, we need to get you back out there. So what did you think of the gyms more to the question? Oh, me personally. Um, so when I when I visited, um, you know, I, I had seen other gyms as well. And in comparison, I thought it was amazing. But even just as a standalone gym without comparing, I would say Chris Gethin gyms is of the standards of gyms in UK, you know, um, and probably better than many that, that I've been to in UK. And you'd kind of expect them to be pretty good in UK, to be fair. Um, but yeah, the standards were great. They're very clean, you know, very clean, top-notch equipment. And what I do like as well is that you guys have the, like the functional area outside um, or it might be inside, but that's really good. You know, you've got the rig, maybe some kettlebells, some power bags, battle ropes, and you've got the resistance training, all the cardio. It's got a mixed range of stuff. So I think it ticks boxes for everyone, really. Like, doesn't even matter what you're looking to train. You've got it all there. Um, I didn't see classes. I don't know if you guys had classes in the gyms, but it's not something that I care about. Um, but, um, yeah, beautiful, beautiful gyms, man. Clean. Thank and you. I checked out the saunas and, um, yeah, quality, man. <laughs> quality. Very awesome. clean. Thank you. And yeah, you've, you've got a theme as well. Like you go there and you've got the theme in all of the gyms. You're not going to be like, oh, what gym is this? You could go in there. Like someone can blindfold you, put you in the gym and you don't even need to see the name of the gym. You just look at the type of equipment up. Yeah, I'm in Chris Gethin gyms, aren't I? <laughs> you know, yeah. you guys. And that. that's a very important part of the planning, actually. So we wanted to create a um, model which 
it's it's and, and this might be a bad ex- actually let me use Holland and Barrett as an example I was going to say McDonald's but let me use Holland and Barrett <laughs> so if you walk into a Holland and Barrett when you're in in the Holland and Barrett you know you're in a Holland and Barrett because they have a lot of they have a lot of features and themes which are uh, exactly the same as all the others so that's what we have but every single one of our centers the layouts change but everything else remains the same the way that you're treated, the way that you're spoken to, the hygiene control, which is very, very important. You know, the attention to detail that we've given to all of these points um, are very significant. And that's what people appreciate. We're not the cheapest gyms in India by far, um, but we are definitely the best. And I say that with extreme pride because our teams out there who work tirelessly, um, they are the people who, keep this who maintain that standard on a daily basis and it's not easy you know we spoke about uh, social media about putting up great things but behind the scenes you know 10 gyms is 10 discussions every day and those 10 discussions mean that there would have been 20 discussions prior with the local teams on everything that happens in each of the centers to make sure that we don't have any complaints and our members are happy with uh, the service that they get so you know it, it, it's been a, a great journey so far and hopefully this year we'll see at least another three gyms open um, mm. and that's considering that I always like to work on the lower numbers but hopefully it'll be more and then next year we plan to have another 10. By, well okay <clears throat> within next year from 2022 to 2023 10 and another three this year. Wow, right, right. That's, um, yeah, that's a big vision. So um, which parts of India do you reckon you'll be focusing on? Or would it be in other parts of the world? Well, we definitely are looking at other parts of the world. Canada and America are are, are on top of our list at the moment, but we're redesigning the model since the pandemic because um, we realize that there's different demands and needs in different parts of the world, especially with the attitude to risk, etc. Mm-hmm. So we want to create unique experiences for those parts of the world. But in India, if you look at like the country as a whole, it's a huge country. We're not in Gujarat right now. Gujarat is on, on one of our top of our list. Um, we are looking to enter into other parts of the South. But generally speaking, there's a lot of parts of India that we are not present in. Although we've got 10 gyms scattered around India, but there's still a lot of ground that we still have not covered. So we're, we're looking to kind of continue with the current model and ensure that we start covering a lot of ground that we're not kind of currently recognized, but um, uh, currently in. But the main thing is, is to make these gyms accessible to everybody. So we're in the metros, but we're also in tier four cities. So we tailor the gym services in accordance to each vicinity. The culture changes so much from the north to the south as you've experienced yourself. And so does the the gyms. Although the gyms in general are are very similar, but the the way that we market our gyms and how we train our staff does change so that they can still deliver the same quality that people expect. Mm -hmm. That's cool, man, that's cool. That is, is great that you can, you know exactly how to adjust it in accordance with which part of India um, the, the gym is going to be located. Um, yeah, 
that's that's really important and also changing the structure in accordance with the con um the, the sorry the yeah the country as well um I, di I didn't think that that would be something you'd be doing i thought that you know this structure works it'll be the same in other countries but yeah makes makes total sense technology <laughs> plays a big part of this because um what happens is we, we're currently working on apps for example and we'll be introducing these apps for our members so they can have more technology that they can be using to keep themselves accountable. Mm. But then in the same way, when you talk about the West of the world, there are experiences where they, there'll be possibly VR introduced into our gyms, mm. um, centers which specifically focus on virtual reality as part of a fitness program. Um, there's companies out there that have been doing such things, um, well, working on such uh, technologies, and it's now time where we can see that that's going to be the future. So, mm. you know, going to a class, for example, but not having to rely on a, a physical instructor, going to a class and having VR where you've got somebody accessible 24 hours a day. Wow. Um, pick mad. the class you want and you <laughs> can see that you'll have a full class around you, although you might just be in a room. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. I see that now. That's insane. Yeah. I think the earlier stages of that was not quite virtual reality, but um, the bikes which people have at home, the is it Peloton. Peloton. Yeah, Peloton. You know, you, you oh, don't man. necessarily need to rely on a whole group of people as such. You, you've got it all just on the machine, on the bike. Um, I think you have to pay a monthly membership for that, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, and you have to pay a, a setup. But believe it or not, a lot of people um, dismissed that idea initially. Right. And Peloton is a, a fantastic example of one of the most successful companies in this space that have actually skyrocketed during the pandemic. Yeah. And people are getting results. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 a great example of how technology is going to be a very important part of our lives. Many people were still kind of reluctant to incorporate technology, mm. but I mean, you, I know that you you use a lot of technology. So do I, especially with my fitness. You know, I use a heart rate monitor when I train. I use an aura ring, mm -hmm. various other technology technolog technological pieces of kit, which um, help me to track and you know become accountable mm -hmm. so uh, let's talk about your personal fitness journey so <clears throat> obviously you you know you got the the gym franchise but you also have your own fitness protocols which you follow every single day but yeah you haven't always been on a fitness journey have you at one stage you was um you was quite fat i saw a photo i was like is not jag <laughs> <laughs> All right, <two> so, jags. <laughs> yeah or maybe three at one point um yeah i mean fitness mm. has been bodybuilding was my passion okay mm. but i never was a bodybuilder ever um at the age of around 16 that's when i went to the gym for the very first time in east london it was a place called wag bennett's Okay. Wags gym and best gym, like the best experience. It's where Arnold Schwarzenegger used to train when he used to come to England. 
used to train at WAG's gym. Right. You know, this was one of them old gyms where you never knew what weight you were lifting because it was all worn out. There was all like electrical tape around the dumbbells and you have to, you have to just lift and think, oh, they feel the same. Mm-hmm. That, that will do, you know, that type of gym. So I've always been involved with a fitness journey, but it was never structured. I didn't know what I was doing at all. Mm-hmm. I would go in the gym and just do what we thought was right. Um, and that's the bottom line. But, um, you know, and, and it used to start and stop and start and stop. And there was no structure to it. But then in 2008, um, I had a very serious motorbike crash and the lights almost went out for me. Um, And then I kind of went through a very dark phase of my life, you know, where I was, you know, abusing alcohol and I was very depressed and everything went downhill. It was was the, the recession started at that time. You know, the, the credit crunch and all of that. All of, I never even knew what a credit crunch meant until 2008. That's when all of this started. So it was a very bad phase of my life. And then fitness is what got me out of it. And it optimized every aspect of my life, including my business, including the way I think and my circle of people. So that's when I started to get some sort of a structure. And it's like everything else, Roger. You know, when you start seeing results, it becomes an addiction and I have an addictive personality. So if I do something that I enjoy and it gives me a good result, I get addicted to it and I really just go for it. So that's when I started to gain structure. And since then, it's 2008 up until 2021, I have been on a fitness journey and I have started to use uh, different platforms to learn more and more about how I can better myself and become a better human so i've never been in a better place than i am now especially you know having people like you in my circle learning from things that you guys put out on your social media and chris gethin and you know so many other people i was fortunate enough we had ben greenfield on one of our tours so there's been so many amazing people that i've been kind of touring with and you know in in my circle where i'm still learning more about this journey. So currently um, I'm training for a marathon. So my training style has completely changed. Previous to this, the biggest challenge that I done was a cycle ride from Delhi to Mumbai, which was 1,450 kilometers. So the training for that was pretty insane. So the journey is ongoing and it's very exciting. Because you learn how to smash those limitations and barriers. Yeah, yeah. Love it, makes man. Yeah, yeah. Makes total sense, man. Love it, love it, love it. Um, yeah, that's superb. So it's like you've got it all covered, man. You're like, you got like your business on lock. You got all your, your fitness on lock. You know, you got the right people around you. That's great, man. That's great. Top-notch Still standard. learning. Still learning. <laughs> Do you know what it is, Roger? It's like the minute you think that it's it's all sorted um, is the minute that you start take your first step towards failure. Right. Uh, it's it's all, and and there's a there's a balance. Okay, it's not about greed, but you shouldn't stop that desire to be keep progressing. That desire shouldn't go. That desire is what's going to help you to live longer. Mm -hmm. Have you ever noticed 
or ever come across anyone who's retired and then once they've got nothing to do their health starts to deteriorate it makes sense i don't know anyone who's been in that position i guess most of my friends are not really of that age um but yeah i guess it does make sense by the way i'm not i'm not that much older than you by the way just for the record <laughs> i just have come across a lot of people but let me give you an example i know a lot of people who all they knew was how to work hard mm -hmm. and when they retired they didn't really know much they didn't really know much what what to do with themselves and a lot of people started to pick up bad habits move less and you know almost be in god's waiting room and that happens. I've seen it happen a lot. And I know a lot of people who are going through it right now. So that desire to keep optimizing should always be there, whether it be your business. Okay, my business is doing great. How can I do better? My health is on track. How can I make it better? How can I get more people involved with it? It doesn't always have to be about you. I have no intention to retire ever. Yeah. I don't want to retire. I want to work until I'm, I can't. I get yeah, that. Yeah. I understand people who retire and do nothing. I mean, if, if I was to decide to retire, then is it, then I'll be traveling the world. I'll be doing stuff and fitness will definitely be a part of that, but I can't imagine ever retiring. I think if you don't like, if you don't like what you do, then I guess you're like, I've had enough of this and I, I need, I need out you know, you're waving the white flag. But if you love what you do, then I don't think that day will come. You'll continue going, really. Yeah, and, and this is the thing, Roger. Like, one of the things that I've learned in the latter part of my journey is mindset. You know, my goals are very different to when they were when I started my entrepreneurial journey. You know, when I started, when I sold that BMW, my goal then was... Now that I've sold it, I want to buy two BMWs. And I worked really hard until I made that happen. And I made it happen fairly quickly. Mm. And then it was like, okay, great. I'm complete. But then now what? And then, okay, the next goal is I'm going to buy a house. And then, okay, then what? And then I'm going to do X. And then what is the end goal? So it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. So if that journey becomes a holiday every day, you love it, you jump out of bed, you spring out of bed and it, it's your purpose. Then I think that longevity is always going to be there. And that, that desire to keep bettering yourself will always be there. But, you know, I know there's a lot of people who are stuck in jobs that they don't like. And, you know, there's people who complain about it and it's justified. There's a lot of people who, unless they work, they're not going to be able to pay their bills. So I respect that. And they have to do the jobs that they don't like doing. But simultaneously, what are they planning? And how are they planning to change that? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, also, you know, uh, gratitude plays a big role in um, longevity and mindset. You know, sometimes when you pursue more, you forget about what you already have. And you get stressed about something that hasn't even happened. You know, you think, you know, gosh, I want to have, I want to own 10 houses. Damn, I've only got one, you know, but what if you didn't even have that? You know, there's people who stress about, you know, they don't like the job that they've got. But did you know there's a lot of people out there at the moment who don't even have a job? Absolutely. You know, yeah. so, you know, there's, there's got to be a, a balance. Um, 
but yeah, you know, back to the original point that you made, I think I've gone on a bit. Um, yeah, things are in a good place at the moment, um, but um, they, they could be worse for sure, but I'm definitely working hard to optimize them and make them even better. So that's the goal. Yeah, that is the goal. That's awesome. Look, Jag, it's been absolutely incredible, my friend. Seriously. Thank you. It's been amazing. Learned a lot. Always learning a lot from you. Even like <laughs> going you. along those long journeys from city to city and we have a, we sit in the back and we have a long talk. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always brilliant, man. Always. Yeah. It's the perks of what we do. And that's, that's the, those are the, the, the benefits, you know, the byproducts of the, of the work. So it doesn't feel like work, does it? No, never. Absolutely. And it's always a blessing knowing that you can help other people as well, sharing your wisdom, sharing your knowledge. It's, it's such a beautiful thing. It's like one of the, it's one of the key reasons why we're alive, really, so that we can offer value to the world, to other people. Absolutely. So thank you. Thank you so much for thank everything you. that you do. So you're on Instagram. What is your Instagram handle? My Instagram handle is at Jag China. That's right. with an I. So it's C-H-I-M-A. Okay, nice. And you're also on Twitter as well, right? Yeah, it's Jag Chima one. One. Oh, did did someone take the other, take the original with without the one? Yeah. Did you did. try and buy it off them? Yeah, I did. <laughs> and I'm not paying ten thousand pounds for it. <laughs> um, are you also on Facebook? Yeah, I'm on Facebook at Jag Chima. Um, awesome. I'm also on LinkedIn. I just started a YouTube channel all um, right it's got some of my journey when i'm in india so I, I i'm not as great as like what you guys put out but i'm trying my best to do my own flavor on, on youtube so i'd really appreciate any feedback if anyone has any once i've seen that i'm sure you've got some great stuff on there i know you've got your own podcast as well isn't it inspired podcast or something yeah it's called the inspired lifestyle podcast and very soon roger i'm looking forward to having you on there because um the purpose of the Inspired Lifestyle podcast is to talk about important topics about life that goes on. And that is sometimes about your well-being, about how you can improve your health. Sometimes it's about general topic, mindset, depression, fashion, uh, and so forth. So it's something that I'm extremely passionate about and um, really looking forward to having you on there and, and trying helping to try and help inspire more people. Oh, man. Can't wait. Can't wait. I've got a lot to share. So let's awesome. make it happen. <laughs> Excellent. Again, thank, thank you. you very much, Jag. It's always thank amazing you. to talk to you, my friend. Thank you. you. Have a blessed day. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. Any guests which I have on the show really provide some golden nuggets and useful life-changing tips. So always feel free to check out their social media platforms or website links, which will be written in the show notes. These shows are financed by my sponsors, so your contributions are always greatly appreciated. Any clickable links with discount codes will not only provide you with the best services, but will help out the podcast too. So thank you. If you do like the Roger Snipe Show podcasts, then why not give it a review? A five star would be awesome but some great feedback on what you liked about the show or what you would have liked to hear would be helpful too. Until next time.